Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day 5, Fall Football Camp 2022, and uh, a little bit overcast. Had a little bit of rain this morning, but football players, this is ideal weather for them. It's probably, you know, mid-60s, so... Got a little bit warm, and then it got a little cold, got a little sprinkle here, but uh, perfect football weather, a little bit of fall in the air, but expecting temperatures to be back into the low 80s, probably even this afternoon. But of uh, we get six practices that we get to view. Today was number five, so one more practice. And up until the end, the last half hour or so of practice, probably the most boring practice of, uh, of our time, uh, time here so far. Boring? For the first for the first three quarters of the practice. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'd, not at the I, end. I, I would I would respectfully disagree. Yeah, not at the, not towards the end, but a lot of situational work today. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of situational work, a lot of third down work, which I thought was good. Um, you know, there was again the the special teams period where it doesn't feel like there's a lot that you can really do commentary on. I mean, the cool there football are some jugs gun. Yeah, I mean they're just you know they're doing punt stuff and they're doing cover and 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 blocking stuff out and doing the guards and the shields. And One little surprise on that, Junior Alexander back returning punts. That kind of surprised me a little bit. I just think they have a, a rotating crew of guys there with Giles Jackson and um, you know Jalen McMillan's back there. But I mean I even saw like Nick Duran back there too. So yeah, and Brandon Holmes, Brandon Holmes has been back. Yeah, there. so they've had a kind of a rotating cast and crew, but. Again, I think Giles Jackson is the guy that's going to be the one that's going to be counted on uh, when when push comes to shove. Maybe it was the hands team back there because it was all inside the inside the ten. I mean, I could, I could see where Jura, I could see a guy like Duran being a hands like yeah. You know, if if all you literally need to do is catch the ball to win the game, you know, he might do that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they. I know every team usually has a hands guy at the very very end just to secure one. But Roma, I know Roma Dinsey was back there and. So there's there's definitely guys that rotate. A little bit of props to the walk on Nick Duran. You said you know you think he's in line to actually earn a scholarship. Yep, I sure do. I think him and Drew Fowler. If I had to pick one from each side, I think those are the two walk ons that seem like they're the most poised to find their way into a scholarship uh, here at the University of Washington. Yeah, and I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna rotate or if they're even going to think about rotating their punters. But uh, McAllister, oh, yeah. the, the right, the right-footed one. When he when he fit when he hits it well, it it goes. He's got but, a way bigger leg than Kevin Ryan. Yeah, but Kevin Ryan is more consistent. He's just going to put it in the spot. It's not going to be much longer than forty yards, but you're probably not going to get a return out of it either. So yeah, and it's interesting too. They've also <laughs> used the the punters as their their main holders, kind of yeah. like they've kind of continued. The race porter thing. Yeah, because there was a for for about three seasons. Wasn't a receiver the main guy? It was a walk on receiver from Eastside Catholic. Yeah, but I even remember back in the day when sure. Jacob Sermon was doing it for yeah, a while too. Yeah. So sometimes they've had back. That is porter. a tough gig. Yeah, that this, is a especially when three of the or two of the three kickers are left footed. Yeah, and the third is right footed. So you got to go both. The only assumption that I've made on why they use punters to do that now is because they have so much time to themselves. This all the specialists that's do. All they like, do yep. That's all they mm-hmm. do. So that coaches are probably like, you just focus on that. We don't have to worry about taking one of our quarterbacks out and making him do yeah. that thing. Possibly getting hit. Yeah, but you know, you're. It's funny because you looked at a guy like Tristan Brown, who was absolutely ripped. We know Ray Porter was a great athlete. Some of these guys are really good athletes, and then you look at the, some of these other guys, and they're like, okay, you're like five ten, one fifty, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you don't look like you have an athletic bone in your body. 
Shout, so. shout out to the best holder of all time, former quarterback Ryan Militich. I don't know if you remember Ryan. Ryan was the best ever. It could it could be sailing into the end zone. He'd snag it with his pinky. But, really? Uh, Ryan was the best. No, so. love, no love for Ray's Porter, huh? Ah, Ryan Militich, best ever when it comes to holding at the University of Washington. Well, didn't uh, – um, oh, doggone it. I'm losing the name. The, the – Guy who was at Prosser with more Cody uh, Bruns. Yeah, Cody Bruns wasn't he a holder for a couple of years? Maybe. Yeah. Now you're testing my memory. Yeah, you don't even remember Ryan Militich. I do vaguely. I don't remember what years though. Yeah, but right. you remember what years? I think he was here with Cody and those guys. Okay. Yeah, I think he was a Rick guy. But you know, those were the fun times. We tend to remember more of those okay. guys. Okay. But uh, tough day for the offense today. Yeah, especially up front. I mean, that's what I my my my. Um, uh, practice. practice report is going to be is is just it, it was dominated by the defense for most of the practice. Now some of that had to do with it being situational. Um, the quarterbacks weren't going to be able to, you know, change plays. They were probably looking at, hey, this is what you're going to run because we're in. They, there was a time at that where they put a, them in. I think third and eleven or third and ten. Uh, then it was third and five. Then third and three, and they were they needed to make the plays on different successive uh, things, and it just didn't work a lot of the time for them. Yeah, I just, you know, again, a lot of third down situational stuff, and, you know, the most efficient third down offenses, you know, in America are barely running over 50%. So half the time you're going to fail, roughly. And obviously these guys are struggling even a little bit more than that. But again, you were talking about, you know, three quarters of it. When it came down to the final team period in that fourth quarter, it was funny because uh, Jalen Polk was the one that kind of got everyone together before before they broke up again and did the team period. And he said, basically, are we gonna, you know, are we gonna rise above all this stuff, or are we just gonna kind of go through the motions? And um, I thought Michael Panix had a phenomenal job at the at the end period. And we actually, you know, we talked a little bit about it before, Scott, but this was the first time we actually got a chance to see some legitimate two minute stuff. And Panix was the only quarterback that was able to successfully navigate a, a two-minute uh, two-minute drive so uh, at the end I thought Penix really separated himself a little bit and we may go back and look in a week or two and go that day five practice was the day that, that Michael Penix started to yeah. solidify did, himself. Did Sam get a rep in the two-minute drill? Uh, yes. Yes he did. They, he all, did. Three of them they did. all three of them did. Um, Penix got the most though and I think Dylan got the second most but um, you know we did see a Aaron Dumas appearance uh, ended up with a Three straight carries, I think, and, and two of them were the exact same plays. But the second time they ran that one play, he goes for 35 yards before they – I mean, it probably would have been a touchdown, but um, – I'm going to correct myself. Yeah. Hewitt did not. It was just panics. And, That's and what I thought they Morris. ended with after Morris, Dylan. Yeah, Morris finished it out and, and did okay. – and got. I think he got sacked a couple times. Uh, we think uh, it was Jeremiah Martin that got a, a pass deflection yep. or a batted ball down at the very end. And and Dylan was n- not pleased mm-hmm. with with how things went on that particular series because it was bad. Yeah, with the quarterbacks, it seemed like Panix got the most and the most important reps today. Yeah, I I don't know about most important, but he definitely got the most. And and I mean, he was the one running with the with the first team today. So um, you know, I I thought it was really good practice on his part. Toward the end, the early parts, it was just a struggle. Yeah, because during the third I mean, down periods early on, he didn't have yeah. one conversion. No. So it, all and of Dylan those guys. did. Yeah, and all yeah. those guys struggled. And then, again, on that very, very final uh, team period where it was two-minute drill, you know, Morris completes a nice pass to Devin Culp 
it's a 15-yarder, and it gets completely nullified for some post-possession foul on the offense, yeah. and I don't know what it was. Yeah, it went from third and two to about third and 17, third and 17 because it, yeah. they would have – they would have been right, really close to a first down. We didn't see what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was post possession. The flag was thrown way deep, way back, away from the play. Yeah, but, so I have no idea. And then following up on fourth down, Dylan under pressure and just it's fourth down. You got to get rid of the ball, you know. And mm-hmm. he got rid of it for about five yards. So I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah. Well, I mean, if well, were... he's shown some things too, guys. Where I, I made a note of it during the practice thread that he's had that. He has that instinct, that gunslinger mentality, where if he's going to the sidelines, he's still going to look in mm-hmm. to try to find a play close to the hash. And you are, I mean, I've never played quarterback in my life, guys, and I can tell you that's cardinal sin number one. Yeah. You never throw back into the into the play. There was because one. Because yeah. I think it was Tupatala maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell exactly who it was, but he almost picked him off. Because when you're doing that kind of thing and you're trying to find guys to fit and get open, yeah. The defense sees that and will race to it like a hawk. Yeah, just with the three quarterbacks, you know, just some of the observations I've made, it seems like Penix is throwing guys when they're open. Um, Dylan's relying on his arm and throwing that fastball quite a bit. And every time Sam throws a deep ball, it looks like you've got a chance to score. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, there was one yeah. great play where, where Heward had one, a corner shot to Jack Westover in the end zone, and Westover should have had it. Yeah, and it was over uh, Chris Mole, if I remember right. Yeah, and he and it was one of those where you go back. Yeah, but Mole did a great job of like kind of just interfering with him enough. to get him down. I I thought Westover was going to land on his shoulder. It looked nasty, but um, it was just one of those plays where if Sam just maybe lays it out a couple feet more, Mm -hmm. does he make it easier? I still think Westover has to make that play. Yeah, wasn't a turnover today, by the way, that we saw at least. We're probably going to get in trouble for saying this because we're going to jinx them, but it uh, looks like we've been pretty in- injury-free uh, for fall camp so far. I'm going to let you own that one, Kim. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they have. I mean, for the most part, there have been guys that have gone in and out of the tent for various reasons. I saw Dominique Hampton did, and then he came back, and we know Jackson Kirkland, they're trying to treat him with, with kick gloves, and we know Thule every once in a while, he's gone out to get stretched and, and, and comes back in. So there's guys that are obviously kind of fighting through it, and we're getting. We're really now getting into the dog days because for for people that don't remember, they didn't have any back to back practices in spring. They had a rest day between every single practice. They just went through a situation where they did four days back to back to back to back. That will. I mean, you can be in tip top shape, less than five percent body fat, going nuts. That still will. That will gnaw on you. That will get you. So you know, it's it's. They're grinding right now. They're grinding hard. Expecting contact to pick up a little bit tomorrow with pads? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would expect them to be in pads, but who knows? They might want to hold it off one more day until we're not there. Who knows? But yeah. um, Well, that's, yeah. it's scheduled full pads. That's what, yeah. we've, that's what we've been told. Yep. So, that's, so that's, that's what I'm hoping to do because it would be nice to at Those least Those are the one. most fun days are the full pads because that's when they do the, what is it, nine on seven? Um, yeah. On running drills. Oh yeah, um, oh, they'll do some stuff yeah. inside the tackles. They continued to do the uh, pass pro with the linebackers and running backs today. I thought that was pretty interesting to watch some of those battles and everything like that. But yeah, I watched those guys the first couple times they did, and today I watched the one on ones with the DBs and the receivers. Yeah. DBs all the way. Ugh, there were only there was only one guy that really had a nice session that, and that was Giles Jackson. Giles Jackson yeah. And that's again, that's a guy that we've talked about a well, lot. I'll, I'll tell you what, we didn't mention, um, you, you had mentioned Chris Mole with the, the play on Jack Westover's possible touchdown. He also made that diving 
tip. Yeah, he's been active. Yeah. No, he's been he's been noticeable. Yeah. For a guy that's brand new. In pass protection. Yes. And then he had one today where he came up and gave Dumas that that nice little pop. Yep. Um, not taking people to the ground or anything like that, but he came up, used that thud tempo, and got all of the thud that he could get out of that. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I don't know if we're, are we going to move to running backs or not. Or? Well, I was going to bring up he's just one of the guys that I think has just gotten better every practice and maybe starting to live up to the hype a little bit, and that's Savelle Smalls, and he had a couple of really nice plays again today. Yeah, that uh, that one toward the end, where I think it was the last play of the game, day where he splits two guys on a swim move. Well, there was that, that and Trice did the same thing to, to see. Now, in some of the team periods, they were having Jackson Kirkland one with the mm-hmm. ones, but at the very end, when they were running the two-minute and it stuff like Julius that, it was Bulo, Bulo. Yeah. or Fautani. It could yeah. be one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's just, yeah, it's hard to know what they're doing with those, but when you have the, the maybe the second-team guys, what have you, Guys like Brendan Trice and then Savelle, yeah. was they were they were making well, mincemeat out of those guys. And, and I talked to Inoke Brechterfield following practice today, and we I had talked about possibility of moving Void Tanufi out outside at different times because he's on the smaller side and everything. And he said, "Yeah, he goes that's a possibility, but he goes our edge guys are playing so well right now. There's no reason to move him out there." It was yeah. in, it was interesting talking to ZTF a little bit because I asked him about Savelle. And um, he kind of just insinuated that Savelle came in, I'm a five-star guy, and I'm this, I'm that. And he's been humbled a little bit. And, you know, he's this, working. Yeah, and they've, they've, yeah. they've got him on the same page he right is, now. And he is a noticeably different player. I mean, I, yeah, it's a year from last fall. Remember, last fall camp, we're doing these practice threads, and people are wondering why we aren't mentioning Savelle Smalls. Well, he wasn't doing anything. But now he's doing stuff every day. Remember, remember my hot take, guys. He's the new Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. He's the new Agent Zero. I'm telling you, the the, the number is making the man right now. <laughs> I have a feeling yeah, he's but, feeling good about wearing that Zero yeah, well, right now. And it was also being with you guys on the, the uh, fishing boat and yeah. everything. He got some rest. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just he's just doing more. He's making an impact. And, and um, uh, Eric Schmidt talked after practice about uh, Savelle, and he says... He's making the plays. He's every day. He's doing something, whereas before he was just kind of doing his job but not making an impact. Now he's doing his job and making an impact. He says now we've got to get him making that impact on a much more regular basis. It yeah. seems like to me the difference is he's just matured. That's what it yes. seems like to me. Yeah, he was a young guy. A lot of people thought that coming out of high school that he was talented. Wasn't he young for his grade? I don't know if he was young for his grade, but. I hate to use the word sheltered because that's such a pejorative, but he just yeah. he 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 definitely had a group around him that just kind of kept deflected st- stuff from him, well, so that he yeah. was able to to focus on football and focus on academics. He's a really smart kid, yeah. and but he was very sheltered from the standpoint he just had kind of a bubble around him. And then you get to UW, and it's like Kim mentioned, where he's not a five star. Yeah, you were five star coming out of high school. 
you're not a five star now. We don't care. It takes work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. And and I think some of it's that mindset. And Jeremiah Martin talked about it after practice today also and just said, you know, you, when you get to no matter what you were in high school, in college, you're playing with guys who are four or five years older than you at times. Yeah. And it's a lot different than coming in and playing with guys who are the equal of you maturity-wise. And that just really hurts. Zion uh, says... Him personally, he's at 250 right now. But Savelle listed at what 250, but he looks different. At he looks bigger. Yeah, Zion is longer than than Savelle is. Savelle is more compact and and it packs that all in. Uh, Jeremiah Martin's 270. He said he was he was at 270. He looks different well, too. Yeah, he looks like a different guy. All of the edges tries. Tri, he's the only one we haven't talked to really. Um, man, he. All of them look bigger, stronger, more athletic. But, yet, just, every, but every, every time we've talked to DeBoer or we've talked to the defensive guys, like, uh, you know, we've talked to, to Chuck Morrell, we talked to William Inch, those guys, when, we men- when they mention how good the edges are doing, they mention Martin, they mention ZTF, they mention Trice. They don't mention Savelle Smalls. Mm-hmm. We've been on Savelle's bandwagon from day one on this because I truly think he, was, he showed up a different guy yeah. for day one. But yet I... My feeling on this is I think they're trying to send him a message. Oh, I yeah. do feel like they're trying to send him, and I think it's being received. I yeah. do, at least the way he's been playing so far. And just before I forget, I'm going to plug something, but, uh, you know, uh, fall camp we asked Zion. He said he was going to have a clothing line with some hoodies and stuff, and I asked him when he was walking off, and he goes, yeah, I got it. I just don't promote it much. So officialztf.com. He's got some cool stuff out there. So officialztf.com and uh, – I like the white hat. There's some hoodies out there, yeah. too, that look pretty cool. So uh, take a look, a little bit of a plug for uh, Zion, some cool stuff. I know he'd get a kick out of it. I think the logo is pretty that. nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff. But, uh, you know, Chris, you wanted to get back over to the running backs. You know, tell us a little bit about what you had in mind. There. Well, I think just part of the thing with Scott, he, he mentioned briefly that we did get a chance to really see Eric Dumas come back. And he had a, he had a strong team period at the end. I You know, this is one of those where I think now – whether it's him, whether, you know, you, you mentioned Camden Sermon. Camden's starting to get some, some touches as well again. Um, JV on Sunday didn't see as much today. He got one, but la- he got one or two reps he last, got a little, yeah. last uh, Yeah, he Sunday. got a little bit more on, on, um, Sunday. on Sunday. But, you know, you're starting to now feel like, okay, Talapapa, Will Nixon, they've, they're fully immersed now. They're rolling. Now they're going to break guys out. But I will tell you guys, Sam Adams is—he's going to surprise some people. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he—he's getting the combination of reps and his production is showing it to the point where I wonder if he may not be the real dark horse of the guys that were here last year. He had a struggle on Sunday catching the ball. Yeah, but he—he he was back to what we were—we had seen in those first three days. Yeah. No, he—he he was bouncing some things outside. He was showing some speed. <clears throat> Um, he was showing some some good cutting ability. Um, what I thought was really really interesting is during some of the team stuff, Richard Newton was literally like fifty yards behind the play taking mental reps, but he was so far back that he could actually physically emulate what the running back was doing on that particular play, which I thought was really really interesting. Um, did not see as much with Cam Davis today. He was there uh, mostly. Again, Telepapo was was running with a lot of the one stuff. Nixon was getting his reps in. But this was this was the day where I start to felt like Aaron Dumas was coming back into the fold, and I thought he had a good practice. 
What else, guys? Uh, <laughs> I just can't believe we're five days in. I mean, it's tomorrow's our last one we get to actually watch. We're going to get uh, interviews after for about, I don't know, about a week and a half of the next, you know, but then we're done. Yeah, through and the 20th we have a schedule set, and then after that we're not sure what they're going to yeah. do their final week. A couple of guests out there today, former offensive lineman Micah Hatchie uh, was out of practice today, uh, former recruiting coordinator, coach, and KGR radio personality. Dick Baird was here today, yeah. so it was good to see Dick. Uh, also, just post-practice, uh, uh, you know, Coach DeBoer does a pretty good job of calling guys out and introducing them, but he brought the entire stadium staff out to uh, you know address the team, which I thought was pretty cool. Chip Lightham and company, and Chip, of course, know, was... What was there, about 15 people? Yeah. yeah. You know, Chip, of course, was, you know, he, I mean, he was running point on a lot of the stuff in the stadium right now, so... I asked him about the warranty if it was up on the stadium, and he said it had a seventeen-year warranty, seven-year warranty. So, uh, warranty is up on the stadium. Well, the so. one thing about Chip that's interesting that I heard when he talked about that was that you know because he's been around a long time, long he's time. been through a, a number of staffs. He said DeBoer, that's the first time that any coaching yeah. staff's ever done that for the event staff. Yeah, so uh, well deserved by Chip, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Other other guests that were there, there was at least eight NFL teams that I saw out there. Yeah. Two of them were former players. One, Mark Bruner. Yep. And the other one, the Detroit guy who got up and talked, Kerry Conklin. Kerry okay. Conklin. So, Miami, Jacksonville. Uh, it was a female scout from the New York, New York Giants. Giants. They had uh, Buffalo Bills. Had we there. ever seen a female scout out I here had before? not. I, that surprised Because, me. again, this was, today was also, we had a, a female, we had a woman uh, referee. In which they've had an African-American woman. Yep. And, and she was a side this, judge. This, this one, was one like, is a... Uh, Caucasian, uh, but she's long blonde hair. Yeah, and she uh, stood next to Jackson Kirkland. She had to be two feet shorter. Yeah, she was about a foot shorter than she, Eddie. She Ula couldn't Ula have been. Here. I was going to say she had to be maybe both, five foot. Both five of one. the female referees have been tiny. Yeah, but she was one of the back judges or the the I don't see is the captain. I don't yeah, remember. I didn't know what. But that it was, was. But but she was going in to stop the because you could you could you know um, do a do a legal substitution on offense. And, um, and she would stand Giles, over the ball. For she a was trying to stand over the ball to get to the ball. She, Giles <laughs> Jackson, just absolutely mowed her over. And to her credit, she bounced She's, right up like it was not yep. a problem. Yep. So she was she you was know ready what? to the go. Thing, the thing is, if you think about it, she probably whether she was hurt or not, she probably feels like I got to get up. This, well, I mean, right? It's you know yeah, I can't. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that thing. But I, like again, this is really. I mean, it's showing. Yeah. That's become really commonplace now, but I I don't know if I'd ever seen a woman scout like an NFL Neither scout did before. I, I had never so seen. So I thought it. that was interesting because there's lots NFL, of women we've coaches. Seen, we've seen coaches yeah. and stuff, so that it would make sense that they've sure. been starting. Hey, it, it doesn't matter what your gender is. It you can see a foot a football player and and who who can make plays and do these different things. Right. So I'm honestly surprised there haven't been more women because I know there's lots of women who love to watch football uh-huh. and probably understand football better than a lot of men do. So I, it, it surprises me that this is the first time I've seen this. Yeah, no, I was going to say one last thing on um, Mark Bruner being in practice. So Justin Glenn was introducing him, and then he, of course he gets a big cheer. And then as soon as he as soon as soon he he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kaylin DeBoer goes, you do know, Mark, you're now, you're Carson's dad. You're, you're, it's not Carson's being your, your son. It's, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Carson's dad. You know that, and right? And he likes it that way. Yeah, probably. he's like, yeah, he's, he was fine with it. Mark's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. It's Unassuming. Hard. You would, 
If, if you would never guess he guy. played in the NFL as long as he did. The thing is, he's tall, but he is not that big. Yeah. He's built I mean, like me. He's he's on the thinner <laughs> side. He, he's he's one of those guys who've lost a lot of weight after after college. He looks or good. after NFL. He looks good. So, uh, final thoughts, Chris Fetters. Just it was a good practice. I um, you know I think they caught a little bit of a break. I think with the with it not being as hot as it was the last couple days. So I think that really helped things out. I did think, I agree with you, in the first part of practice, I don't know if it was just a little lower energy. I didn't hear as much talking. I think it was just scripted plays. as soon as they got into the final team period and as soon as uh, Panix found Roma Dunsey for that touchdown, Mm -hmm. which was a really good play, the defense really piped up. And then from that point on, it was there was a lot of jawing and a lot of talking and a lot of screaming and a lot of voices out there trying to get something done. Um, again, I'm I'm just wondering if we're going to look back in a week or two and go, yeah, it was that fifth practice. It was that that Tuesday practice where that team period that that short yardage or that two minute period was the one where Michael Penix was like, this is this is my team now. So I I'll be curious to see how how that how that ages from this point on. Scott Eklund? Uh, you know, I echo a lot of what Chris said. Um, that, that play to O'Dunsey was, I mean, there have been some more spectacular plays, but that play to O'Dunsey was beautiful. Yeah, and I given mean, the circumstances, they scored with 12 yeah. seconds left on the clock, and they yeah. and it was a 20, I want to say 27-yard touch. So yeah, it was, it was not like they were close. Now, again, they were down three in the, given the scenario, so they may have, they may have taken that shot, and if they didn't make it, they would have tried to field goal. set themselves up for yeah. a field goal. But... Yeah, but good, great play though. Yeah, loved watching that. Loved watching um, the guys get after it a little bit. Um, the defense responded. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think this offensive line is sure learning some things because the edges are playing about as well as I've seen the edges play um, in quite some time. Honestly, I mean, I'd have to probably go back to Hallie Kakaha um, as the difference maker that he was. But other than that, I don't. Rem- I mean, Daniel Tam Neshaim a little bit, but. I haven't seen edges play like this in a long time. And Kim, you mentioned uh, to Juice Brown. You asked him about the the pressure and the defense and everything else. And are are the sacks coming because the defense because the defensive backs are are holding their end of the bargain, or are the defensive backs looking good because the the edges are just applying that much pressure? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't remember what his answer was. <laughs> he wasn't going there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all, all I'll say is there have been times when the ball should have come out. But it didn't, and that was because of the coverage. It doesn't mean that the defensive line or the front seven aren't doing a good job. It just means I think the ball would have been out quicker if the defensive backs hadn't been doing what they were supposed to do. Had a chance to talk to Quo. I always mess up that name. Pejopa today, and I'm going to work on doing what Quo uh, does every time he ends a sentence. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to post that audio or not, but he's got a unique way of ending his sentences. So. It's always fun to listen to so him. With the curse word? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. He's he's quite the personality. He really it's is. It's funny because during the recruiting process, oh, I talked to him more than anybody else did, um, and he that personality did not he's come out. He's got a big yeah. personality. Well, I also met him in person when he was an yeah. underclassman at the um, army the, all the, Pol- the, the Polynesian, Polynesian game. game. They. The Polynesian game, what they do is they will bring in some of the top in-state guys for the following class, like a day or two before, like during the bank, big bank, what they do. Um, I want to say that was the one where they were honoring Marcus Tuiasosopo. Um, 
I think you're right. But that's but so they so Qua was in that class, that upcoming class, and I remember talking to him, and I remember getting a, a regular picture of him, and then I also remember getting a picture of him flashing the dubs because you could tell right away when he started talking about Washington, there was a little different vibe, a little different energy about him. But even then, um, he was a little more talkative than your normal uh, player from from the yeah, islands. He's, it, he's he definitely is cut from a little different cloth because yeah. most of those guys are typically very reserved and um, don't like to talk about themselves that much. He's got no problems with that. I I say it's like talking to Daniel Teo Neshaim with uh, five cups of coffee in him. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. So he's an interesting guy to talk to. Um, yeah, I know we're recording this. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, we'll be on KJR Radio today from uh, four to six, just trying to help them out over at KJR. Shout out to Softy. You know, best to Softy. Uh, you know, he's had to take a lot of time off dealing with his parents. His dad passed away on Saturday. Um, and Softy was very, very, very close with his dad. So, you know, and a lot of people know Dave, you know, from just being on the radio and out and about, you know, his radio personality. But, you know, you guys have been around Dave enough to know he's one of the kindest, uh, most giving guys I know. I, You know, he'll give you the shirt off of his back. So uh, shout out to Dave, and we'll be filling in. And we promise not to burn the place down, uh, Dave. Also, since we're going to be on KTR uh, Radio, we asked for one more day on our promo, so half off uh, annual subscription to dogman.com. That will run till 9 o'clock tonight, Chris. Yes, and it's for monthly users as well as first-time yeah, you, you can upgrade your monthly subscription to half off the yearly subscriptions. So, uh, and nobody covers it like us. So, final day tomorrow of practice that we'll be able to, to um, observe, but We'll be out here every day with player interviews and coaches' interviews, so uh, just keep it right here at dogman.com. So all of us, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenells along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund. Go dogs. 